Welcome back to Serious Series of Utmost Importance, the series. This is part two of our albums of the 2010s, the best albums of the 2010s. The best decade. The best decade. And we're just going to jump right back in. Oh, I'm your host, Neil. I'm also a host, Tom. All right, and now we're going to jump right back in. Who you got next? Uh, who do I got next? Alright, so I kind of rearranged this to be somewhat chronological. This is like 20... Th- I think I think the first half of the decade is a lot. It's stacked. I think nine, I think nine out of my ten are 2015 or earlier. Which oh, wow. also, I'm not surprised. Uh, next up is Tame Impala Lonerism. So I had one Tame Impala last week from 2020s. Yeah. I think we both acknowledge that that's their worst album, Weakest. <laughs> and that most of their great stuff came from the previous decade. Yeah. <clears throat> um, it was a tough decision. I think Currents was also really good. Yeah, I chose Currents but, instead. Yeah. To me, this is like... This is, like, core Tame Impala. Like, if you want to say, hey, what does Tame Impala sound like? This is what I would present to you. And I know that Currents sounds really different from this. Right? Currents is more electronic. But to me, this is, like, they're... It's what made them big, right? Like, the cool psychedelic guitar. Yeah, psychedelic is the word that comes to mind. I I get that. That's, That's, like, the quintessential... Tame Impala uh, sound. I I do agree with that, I think. And this is the album that made them, like, one of the biggest indie bands in the world. Um, Elephant was big. Big hit. Um, To me, like... I think all of these songs are good. Some of them are, like, whatever. It's, like, a minute-long transition. Maybe you can skip over that. Um, I think every other song in this is really good. I I um, totally agree with you. I don't. I, I think part of the reason that I didn't choose this one is just because there are some songs on this that I maybe didn't listen to enough that I, I can like identify by he, uh, reading the name and then like hearing what they sound. But a lot of them I can. Yeah. Be a, be above it under Swa Apocalypse Dreams feels like we only go backwards. Elephant. Yep. Those those are really, really good songs. Yeah, I agree. I would add Mind Mischief is okay. Uh Why Won't They Talk to Me is good. Keep on lying. And which one is it? Um Sorry, I'm think no, these are all good, yeah. Um I was getting confused and we can talk about it with currents. So I'll just pause and Say that there is a cover of a song from Currents that we can talk about then. We can we can just talk about Currents at the same time now because uh, it's yeah. We'll, we'll, just, we'll just jump to that. So Currents is their next album, which is in uh, what 2015. Which yes. which cover are you talking about? 
I'm talking about new person, same old mistakes. That's a cover uh, of no. a song on... Rihanna covered that for one of oh, her yes. albums. Yes, 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 she did. Um, this this album, Currents, I think it's still pretty psychedelic. Yeah, but it is. like you said, a little bit more electronic. Uh, I I would say that "Let It Happen" is my favorite. Uh, this is a bold statement, but I think I'm gonna stick with it. My favorite Tame Impala song. I could see that. Kind of reminds me of "Dance Yourself Clean." Yeah, it's the long, long music, and then, uh, but th- this one's more consistent. It's like seven and a half minutes. Yeah, but it's all good. There's no, there's no build up part. Like it, it builds on itself, but it, uh, it's still good from the start. When you first listened to it, did you actually think that there was a, a problem with your, like, recording or something, like your iPod or? Because you know iPod how it... in 2015. <laughs> I don't know. Okay, iPhone, whatever. Your your gramophone in 2015. Yeah, I guess it's 2015. Um, but you know no. what I'm talking about, right? No, which part? So the part where it transitions, it kind of skips a little bit, like um, where it goes, and it kind of skips. Yeah, yeah. And I can see how you would think that. Yeah, I can. I can kind of it. Maybe I'm just an idiot, but uh, they had me going. <laughs> they fooled me. You know, you know what uh, what you can see on this album is their evolution into the the stuff that they do on the slow rush a little more, a little uh, yes, a little more slow rush. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, because I'm a man, they they both have that um, have that tempo compared yeah. to compared to let it happen. Um, the less I know, the better, though. Probably my second favorite Tim and Paula song. I've just, I've listened to this album a lot, and I think I saw them on tour a couple of times during this album's tour. Yeah, and and to me, that's probably why it is. Uh, it, I have this overlonerism. Yeah, but they are both fantastic albums. Both, and we can agree, they're both better than the Slow Rush. A hundred percent. Uh, this album also features a controversial song that I consider, I'll, I'll give Let It Happen the best song on this. It's just mm-hmm. clearly is the best. Also, like when it came out, I was, it kind of blew my mind cause it was so different from everything else that they had done. And it was so like epic. Um, but second favorite song behind that, a lot of people hate it, but I don't care. Past Life, amazing song. <laughs> oh, yeah. I can see so that good. a lot of people would hate that. But it's it's interesting. It's a well-constructed song. You're still talking about it seven years later. I think it's really good. Yeah. And uh, it has the adjusted voice, like the voice, <laughs> voice discombobulator thing, which I yeah. think is underused in songs. Um. Who is, so that's one of them on my list and one of them on your list. Who do you have next on your list? All right, next I got Fiona Apple, and I have to read the album title. So it's usually referred to as the Idler Wheel, but technically the full 
album name is the idler wheel is wiser than the driver of the screw and whipping cords will serve you more than ropes will ever do that's a, that's a good uh it's a very concise title <laughs> uh i will admit fiona apple is a very you know critically acclaimed artist in a lot of way in a lot of her albums since the 90s I have not gotten into and like really any of her other music but I think this is I think this is incredible like I think it's so good um I would say almost all of these songs are amazing I'm not a big fan of Hot Knife but it's interesting uh, all, like all of these are so good. They're all, they're all kind of like you know emotional, and she's, um, she seemed like she had some problems that she is trying to work out in this album, mm-hmm. like romantic problems. Um, but I think it's so good and like really different from a lot of the other albums on my list. Um, have you ever listened to it? I'm li- I'm looking at the track list right now, and I think the only song I've heard on this is "Every Single Night." Yeah, is that the one that goes like "Every Single Night I'm in Trouble"? Uh, no. Oh, then every I don't single think night I incur the fight of little something wars in my brain. Then I am completely wrong, and I have never okay. heard any song on this album. The only Fiona Apple album <clears throat> I've actually heard is "Fetch the Bolt Cutters." Yeah, and that came out, which I everyone right loved up. it. Yeah. Not, can't even hold oh, really? a candle to this one, no. Okay, I, so I, I really liked Fetch the Bolt Cutter, so I'd probably really like this album. Yeah, it's really good, I mean, um, she's great, her vocals are really creative, unusual, yet also not, you know, it's just her singing, it's no, no special effects or anything. Mm-hmm. instrumentation is great too throughout really good like percussion and drums which are really interesting mm-hmm. uh, and it's it's pretty simple it's a lot of like her playing piano and stuff but it's really I'm not I'm not great at describing these things just listen to it um I mean like I said so Every single night is the first one. It's the easiest to get into. Yeah. Um, from there, the next not the next eight songs are also really good. Um, they're all kind of sad, I guess. The only non sad not sad song is "Anything We Want." So if you want a more uplifting song, that's what you get. Everything else is kind of a downer. How so? You would describe Fiona Apple as. As sort of what what genre? Singer songwriter. I don't know. <laughs> like, you Is know, like genre? yeah. According to Wikipedia, it's art pop. Art pop. The name of a grunge it's album, a, isn't it? Yeah. Uh, art angels. Oh, oh, sorry. I see on your list there it is. Yeah. Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, she's like. 
it's her singing with piano and that she writes the songs. So I feel like singer songwriter counts. Nice. Um, next on my list is, uh, going, going from the top down, there is this band and this band was very popular nineties, early two thousands. <laughs> and then, you know, they never have completely gone away. I would, I would say that a lot of people think that it would be better if they went away. They don't really care about that. They're just living their life, making music. And they made this album in 2014 called Everything Will Be Alright in the End. This is the ninth studio album by Weezer. Yeah. I've never listened to this. This is uh, my favorite Weezer, Weezer album. Better than, better than album. Hurley? Better than Hurley. Better than Pinkerton. <laughs> um, Wait, what? All, That's crazy. Better than all of the... Uh, That's um, nuts. Okay, maybe it's not better than Pinkerton and the Blue Album, but better than <laughs> anything they've come out with since then. All right. So What about better than uh, their cover of... Wait, what was it? Their like metal the, album? Oh, uh, I think they had the Black Album. Where they covered metal, right? Uh, yeah, the Black Album was uh, their 13th album. They covered a bunch of metal. This was two months after their Teal album where they covered a bunch of 80 songs. And they oh, had God. OK Human in 2021. Van Weezer may be the one you're thinking of in 2021 Van also. And right now they're doing a, a, a series of four um, albums inspired by Vivaldi's Four Seasons called... No uh, way. Yeah, they're Season SZNZ. Spring, summer, autumn, and winter. Uh, winter's coming out next. I think autumn just came out, or is coming out. No, yeah, it just came out. I haven't listened to any of the season's albums, but, you know, I probably will at some point. But Whoa. everything will be all right in the end. So the, the Weezer uh, narrative is they came out with their great blue album in, uh, in the 90s. They came out with Pinkerton after that which uh, was not critically well-received. And then they sort of moved into more poppy stuff with the, with the Green Album, and they were sort of just chasing trends and sort of lost what defined them as a, as a good rock band. And I'd say that's probably all true, and Rivers <laughs> Cuomo has has admitted that and he doesn't you know he doesn't admit it in like a, oh this is something that we did that was bad to go he's just like yeah you know part of my process is i, I tr- do try to chase trends and that helps me like hmm. stay interested and keeps the music fresh to me and you know i don't i don't think that we can fault him for that they they've never claimed to be you know pure creatives they are they are a business they admit that, and really? Rivers Cuomo is just uh, no. I don't. I don't know if they trying to make money. It. I don't know if they've ever said it like that, but you know he wants to, he wants to make hits. Hmm. But everything will be all right in the end. In two thousand fourteen, is uh, is a callback to the early albums, after a long period of, of really just trying to chase, sounds that aren't theirs. 
the they are trying to go back to being a rock band here. So a lot of the themes of this album are admitting your mistakes and going back to your roots. There's a song <laughs> called Back to the Shack, which is the second song. And let me just grab a lyric from this. Back to the Shack. Um, so, so the first lines. Sorry, guys, I didn't realize that I needed you so much. I thought I'd get a new audience. I forgot that disco sucks. I ended up with nobody and I started feeling dumb. Maybe I should play the lead guitar and Pat should play the drums. So yeah. they, had, they had moved uh, up to a bunch of like electronic e-pop sounds beforehand. It didn't... They, they were popular. They weren't well-received. So then he, he just talk, was talking about like making songs that are original, like good rock songs again. They didn't okay. stick with that. I think after this album, I think they went a lot of different directions, but for a brief moment in 2014, it seemed like Weezer was back with this album and they were going to stay back. They didn't, but I respect that it exists. Yeah. At this point, I, I'll check this out. I really like the blue album. And from then on, I just kind of assume anytime they release something, I will completely ignore it and there will be nothing of interest so it's good to know there is a little oasis (laughs) in 20 years of mediocrity okay i would i would argue that they are not mediocre they are you know they are what they are and we should totally do a weezer album at some point actually because they have a lot to talk about beyond a segment in uh in a best of episode but i think i think they're a very interesting band I think everything will be all right in the end is a is is probably their number three good album. Foolish Father and then the three songs that end it are are really good experience. Uh, he had a lot of issues I think with his parents growing up, which you know again trauma music. But although his music output hit or miss, um, <laughs> needs but, more trauma. <laughs> So the the la- the three songs on the end are, are a trilogy called the Future Scope Trilogy, and it's the Wasteland, Anonymous, and Return to Ithaca, and they all flow into each other. It's a really good three song suite. The okay. the first two are just instrumentals. Okay. I'll check this out. I like Weezer. Yeah. I think they're good. Yeah, I mean they're by not good. Great. I mean, <laughs> I like them. Yeah, they're not great. They're they are certainly good. Yeah, and this is this is a really good album. They brought a lot of joy to our lives. Yes. This is probably one of my favorite albums of 2014, which I think is why I put it on this list. Okay. Ooh. Um, okay. Next? Keep going. Vampire Weekend is next. This is, in my opinion, their best album. I, I uh, modern wholeheartedly agree. Yeah, modern vampires of the city. Um, so this is their third album, right? Yeah. Uh, it was released in 2013. Um, it just seems like the most mature album. Like, there is a big step up. I, Contra. I think the other... Yeah, and I think Contra is great, and Vampire Weekend is also great. Yeah. Uh, but this just, like, had... Felt like it had more substance, right? Yeah. Um, and it was also the last album with Rossum. Yes. And I think he yeah, left the, after this. Their sound really changed after this. 
And I think I think they're still good. Like, um, Father of the Bride, still solid, but not as good as this. Yes. It. Um, I actually, I probably would have thrown this on my my list. Um, I, I was playing around with the last one on my list. I'm still sort of playing around with it, but um, I, I, I'm not. A, I didn't include it because I knew we were already going to talk about it with this. But I think if I had to, I would definitely drop one of the other ones on this list and. Uh, and mm-hmm. from, Modern Vampires on. Yeah, we talked about this a little bit in our uh, in our Vampire Weekend episode from uh, a couple years ago, but this is, I agree, their best album. It has the most meaningful songs. Yes, I agree. Um, yeah, their music is the lyrics are always interesting. I guess that's Ezra Koenig's part, right? Yeah, mostly the lyrics, and then Rossum was more of the the beats. Is that fair to say? I think beats and also like the composition and the music and all that. Um, yeah, this was very less, I guess, less poppy than their other uh, albums. Certainly yeah. than the first one. Yeah. Um, more and more full and kind of lush than just like the guitar and drums and usual stuff, right? It's it's like what Tame Impala was trying to do with the slow rush, but my, but Vampire Weekend yeah. actually did it. Yeah. Uh, so I'm just looking at the track list. <laughs> I think it's all. I think they're all really good. To me, this is just like an album you just listen to all the way through. Yes. And it's like holistically very solid, all fits well together. Um, any favorite songs that you have? Step is uh, my favorite song yeah. on this. Yes. Diane Young is good. It's it's more uh, in Poppy. the vein of their earlier two albums, but it's still really yeah. good. But I'd say Step is my favorite, and then Yahey is really interesting. I don't know if it's my yeah. favorite, but it's it's really interesting. Yeah. I agree on Step. I also think Don't Lie. That might be my favorite. Um, also really like Unbelievers and Obvious Bicycle. Um, <clears throat> but this, this album felt like it had a lot to do with, you know, I don't know, I guess getting older. Not that they're old or anything, but kind of... I think maybe it's like, okay, now you're not super young and you do see that there... You do come to terms with, like, your own mortality and yeah. fragility of life, right? And It's like the... um MGMT album in that way. Yeah. Just a contemplation of that, really. Just like, oh, yeah. like Yeah. yeah. They were on top of the world with these first two albums. Yeah. And I'm sure part of it is also, like, is realizing, you know, you can't be on top of the world forever. What happens after that? Right. And they they have more artistic... Artistic integrity. That's the word I was looking for when I was talking about Mm -hmm. Weezer. I don't know if they have. Art- I don't know if Weezer has artistic integrity. <laughs> no integrity. Vampire Weekend has artistic integrity. 
and yes. they they could have easily just done the same thing as their last couple albums and it would have sold well but yeah. they 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 took a hard left and it paid off yeah. for them and i think it it, Definitely. You know, it made it made their best album and again father of the bride we've talked about this one as well it's a good album it's missing something that this modern vampires has probably that's yeah. rostam um but yeah i would say just their best album and of of all the albums we've discussed so far this is uh this is in my opinion one of the one of the best ones so far in the 2010s yeah i agree yeah and i think this i think you're probably right rostam is the glue that holds things together and they're other it's good father bride's good but it's not as cohesive and it's also really long um it is yeah but it, there's a lot of good stuff on there on the flip side of that have you listened to any of rostam's solo stuff barely um any recommendations he so he has a good um he, he's done a lot actually um let me see. He came out with a solo album in 2017. There's a song on it called Bike Dream that is really good. Mm. Another song called uh, called Wood, I think. That's pretty solid. Then he came out with another album. Uh, sorry, he did a collaboration with Hamilton Lighthouser of The Walkman, which is called I Had a Dream That You Were Mine. That is a very solid huh. album. Um, a couple good songs on that a thousand times and in a blackout but then his most recent solo album was called Change Phobia that came out in 2001 I tried really hard to like that I listened to that one a lot and it's just not it doesn't click it's like he needed someone to rein him in it's a lot of lot of beats he needed Ezra yeah I mean you know it's funny how that I guess how that happens, you kind of, the the collaboration is more than some of their parts, kind of yeah. like our show. It's true. Um, Someone needs to get, you need to rein me in, or I need to rein you in, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, okay, where are we at on the list? Uh, we're uh, at Modern Vampires. All right, let's do it. Next one on both of our lists actually is you want to say it yes uh random access memories also known as ram by by daft punk the the best finale album that has ever existed even if we didn't yeah. know it was a finale album at the time i knew it needed yeah. a click Uh, yeah, it's created so much, well, really that one song has created so much, uh, joy and quotability. My name is Giovanni um, Giorgio. But everybody calls me Giorgio. So this also was complete departure from their other albums. I yeah, think. man. Daft Punk, the, uh, so many different... Daft Punks uh, existed throughout their albums. This one mm-hmm. was, uh, was a complete movement away from their early electronica 
It's still electronic, yeah. of course, um, but but it's, more like retro. I mean, like the yeah. Giovanni Giorgio thing, right? Yeah, or whatever Giorgio Moroder. Yeah, they uh, they before this they had done the Tron Legacy soundtrack. Oh God! So they probably came off that experience and were like, "We got to do something like more musical, more musical than than a, uh, a soundtrack for Disney." Yeah. Uh. This is my favorite Daft Punk album. I agree. It's, it's just what's the best song on it? Hmm. Oh, that's actually that's a really question. hard. I don't know why I asked that. I don't know if I can. Answer I don't. That. I'm not going to answer. I'll give a few. Okay. Uh, I mean, "Get Lucky" was a huge, probably the biggest hit of any songs that we'll cover on this podcast yeah. I would say yeah probably so that's great still I, in my opinion it's still great even though it was played all the time yeah uh, doing it right amazing song great song um, I believe your first dance at your wedding was to this song am I <laughs> it was certainly played at the wedding most people um, were confused <laughs> lose yourself to dance you know, th- this whole album is uh, is a the reason I have any affection for Pharrell, I think. Oh, yeah. It's the top of his career. <laughs> uh, yeah, Lose Yourself a Dance, great. Instant Crush, really good. Giorgio by Marauder, obviously. Amazing. In terms of monologue songs. Not many that can beat it. I knew it needed a click. <laughs> Game of Love. How do you feel? I feel it's okay. It's it's not right. as good as some of the others. I'm glad it exists. If you had to pick one one song on this album that uh, that didn't exist, I know I know Con- you don't want contact. any of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> that was that was you had that ready Easy. to go. <laughs> I like the beginning of it with the astronauts. But then it gets too crazy. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Seems like 2001, A Space Odyssey. It contains a sample from We Ride Tonight as performed by the Sherbs and an excerpt from the Apollo 17 mission performed oh. by Eugene Cernan, courtesy of NASA. And Eugene Cernan oh. was an astronaut on Apollo 17, the 11th Damn. person to walk on the moon. Hey, that's big. Yeah. Well, so what about you? you? Think, what do song you, do you not like? Um, oh, damn, I should have been prepared for that question. I will go... Uh, Horizon, the Japanese edition bonus track, because I don't remember <laughs> if I've actually heard that, that song. I've never heard of it. What about... Mothership or motherboard. motherboard? Yeah, I could I could get rid of motherboard. Do you think that Daft Punk will ever reunite? No. Damn, I think you're right. Because if I say yes, then I'll be disappointed. Don't do that. Don't give me hope. Another great song on this. Just looking at it. Sorry, fragments of time. Oh yeah, Panda Bear. Panda. Bear. No, that's totally right. Oh yeah. Wait, who's fragments <laughs> of time? Uh, Todd Edwards. Oh, Todd Edwards. Todd Edwards. Who is Todd Edwards? English 
Oh, no, sorry, American Garage House record producer. Ah, from Bloomfield, New Jersey. But does he sing on it, or...? He co-produced... I guess so. Oh, yeah, he did, Fragments of Time. Fragments of Time. That's probably him. Um, Should we move to the next album, then? Yes. Yes. All right, so I'm going to do one from mine. Okay. Uh, I'm going to do Arctic Monkeys, the album AM. Their fifth album came out in 2013. They had three albums that came out in the 2010s. They had Suck It and See, they had AM, and they had Tranquility Base Hotel and Casino. <laughs> now, I know how I you still feel about Tranquility. <laughs> Wait, listen. really? You still have not listened to it? I tried, but not very hard. <laughs> All right, give it, an- give it another go. Yeah, I will I, once we- anyone comes out. The new one, I think, is going to sound similar to Tranquility Base from the oh, singles God. that have come out a little oh, bit. Oh, I did hear, I did hear the single. Yeah, it's it's very it's okay. Yeah, it's not bad. It's reminiscent of of their of the Tranquility Base uh, experience. But so between Suck It and C and AM, I actually had a pretty hard time choosing which one I would pick for a best of two thousand tens episode. And I don't know if I made the right choice, but. I went with I think AM. You did. I think you did, but I also like Suck It and See. Although not many people did. Yeah. It was it was a departure I I think also from and and we talked about this in our Arctic Monkeys album uh from a couple of years ago as well, which still our most popular episode for some reason. I don't know why. But <laughs> it it Suck It and See was a big departure from them. They made another big departure with Tranquility Base. But they reverted back, I think, with AM, and it's it's no, no, no. Uh, no? got it reversed. Reverse. This was before Tranquility Base. Yeah, no, that that's what I mean. But so uh, I was saying, Suck It and See was a big departure. They reverted for AM. Oh yeah. And then Tranquility Base was another big departure. Yes. But AM was what the people wanted. Yeah, it's true. It is what the people wanted. Um. I for, always forget how all these songs, like, I guess to quote the kids, all these songs slap. I mean, they, <laughs> right? Now, which kids are you quoting here? <laughs> the youth. Yeah, the youth. Uh, Do I Want to Know is uh, is a great Arctic Monkey song. Are You Mine is a great Arctic Monkey song. So is One for the Road, Arabella. Number one party anthem, Fireside, Why'd You Want to Call Me When You're High, Snap Out of It, Knee Socks, and I Want to Be That's yours. a lot. That's it insane. Is. That's, why, that's why I picked this one. They have, song for song, this has the most, uh, this is the most consistent Arctic Monkeys album. It yeah. is pretty representative of why people like the Arctic Monkeys. And yes. to quote the kids, all of these songs are bangers. So none, of, <laughs> none, none of these songs are mid- <laughs> that was pretty good um, I will admit with this there is part of me that's like it's too easy it's like kind of like what you're saying they hit the cheat code and they yeah. just like made every song like which is insane like it obviously that's not the right way to think about this like how easy is it to come out with like 10 songs that are all so good, good to listen yeah. to yeah, and no, so catchy. It's not but easy. It just, it, it. I don't know. There's something about it that's like it just feels. Ah, 
it's like too easy to listen to. It's it doesn't like stick the, as much. It's the Avengers Infinity War and Endgame of the Arctic Monkeys uh, discography. It's the, yes. it's it's taking the things that people loved from the earlier entries and right. throwing them all together, and it's still really good, but it's not as original. Yeah, I agree. It's not as original. Um, but this like they have been around for well maybe. 2007, Eight I think, or so. 2006 was their first one, yeah. Okay. It feels like longer, but maybe the time just moved slower back then. Because uh, it's been ten year, almost 10 years since this one, which is kind of crazy. Wow. Yeah, that is crazy. Like, if you think about it, between AM 2013 and Tranquility Base Hotel 2018, and then go from 2008 to 2013... They were so prolific in that first five years. And then I feel like the second five-year period, Mm -hmm. they were just coasting off of the success from AM. Like, they they blew up of this. Kind of like a second blow-up. Yeah. um, Tranquility Base didn't... didn't, uh, with, With the added benefit of time... You know, we, we talked about it five, four or five years ago now at this point, I think. And yeah. it, it still doesn't, it still is not regarded as one of their, their better albums. And it's usually regarded as their worst album. Is it regarded as their worst album? What's worse? Okay, I'll, I'll give you that, <laughs> but, but I don't think it's that bad. But I think so that just speaks the to the high quality of, of their Arctic, output. Arctic <laughs> yes, I, I think it speaks to the high quality of their output, that Tranquility Bass, which I will die on this hill, it's a very well-constructed album. Okay. It's just, compared to their other stuff, it's not as good. I do, I should give it a listen. Uh, I do yeah. always like that they... Change, like all their albums are are different. I mean, this is kind of like going to the hits, but it's all, it's different from. If you compare this to their first album, it's totally different. Yeah, it sounds like a totally different band. Okay, who do I got next? Uh, got all next? right, next I got Chance the Rapper Acid Rap. Ooh. As far as I know, the only mixtape on this list, which frankly I don't know what the difference is between a mixtape and album because it was a big it was I just downloaded it all the same although it was released for free which was cool Uh, I I just looked at what exactly is a mixtape versus an album (laughs) and this is from victrola.com a mixtape is a compilation of songs typically stemming from hip hop artists rapping over beats that may or may not be theirs okay well I guess that's pretty open because it may or may not. These are <laughs> <laughs> these are his beats. Uh, all right, Acid Rap second mixtape. I think it's really his second album. Mm-hmm. Uh, this was released in 2013. It was a free download, which was pretty awesome. Um, this is a really cool album. One of my favorite hip hop albums ever. Uh, so Acid Rap, not surprisingly, Chance was like taking LSD while making this and whatever other psychedelic drugs, which kind of 
expanded his mind and his consciousness. Uh, and so, <laughs> uh, it's, it's great. I mean, it's very, you know, very different from, kind of different from a lot of rap at that time. It felt more light, upbeat, kind of interesting. He was a young guy. I mean, I think, I want to say he was probably like 19 when this came out. So it was definitely like a young guy's album. Mm -hmm. Uh, but... All the songs are really well crafted. Um, they're funny, clever lyrics. Uh, for a guy with like his second mixtape, surprisingly like cool uh, featured artists. Probably the biggest one is Childish Gambino, mm -hmm. but also has like Action Bronson and Absol Vic Mensa. So and Twista. <laughs> Uh, so really good album in general, still one I listen to all the time. And the one that like kind of first put him on the scene, this is a hard selection, by the way, his, his next album, um, whatchamacallit, Coloring Book was yeah. also really good. And that's actually what I think blew him up into like a huge star. Yeah, but I think, like you said, Acid Rap gave him the more the exposure. Yeah. Here's some fun facts that I just found out. <laughs> President Barack Obama added the song Acid Rain to his 2016 summer playlist. Although, he was a little late to the game because this came out in 2013. He was busy. He had stuff to do. Uh, maybe that's part of why Trump won the election. Like, the Democratic <laughs> Party wasn't up on Chance the Rapper early enough. They weren't Just as kidding. in tune with the youth as we are. That's right. Uh, what else do I want to say about this? Um, oh, this album prominently features his, I don't know what to call it, like his signature. Like Some rappers have like a certain type of flow or something, and you're like, oh, that's when I hear that, I know it's, you know, Nas or whatever. Yeah. His thing isn't really a flow. It's a little squeak squeak kind of thing he does. Oh Are you yeah. Familiar with this? Yeah, ah, yeah. Ah. Yeah. All of yeah. these songs he does. Ah, ah, ah. It could be a little annoying or endearing. <laughs> I think it's I think it's great. He kind of went away with that as he got more big and probably more mature. Um but yeah, this this is amazing. Uh, any pick any of these songs off the shelf, listen to it. It's so good. You know what so uh, this good. made me realize that, huh? uh, that I hadn't thought about in a while is uh, Childish Gambino. I yeah, don't, I don't know. I haven't listened to him in a while. Does he still come out with stuff? I think he does, but he's also like back into acting and stuff. Oh yeah, like, he's making Atlanta. He does a lot, but he apparently does not do the community movie, right? I don't know. I think I DVD. think uh, I think they are hoping they'll get him, and um, and the best take I've heard on this is that if they can't get Donald Glover back, uh, they should try to hire Childish Gambino. <laughs> oh, I like that. 
Um, okay, next on the list for me is Disclosure's album mm. Settle, which came out Good choice. in May 2013. Yeah, I think it's their first album, and it is... Is it their first album, actually? Uh, yes, it is. Yeah. Their, their next one, um, it, it didn't grab me as much. Their next one was uh, Caracol, and I it think did. they haven't done stuff since then, or maybe they did no, they have. one more. And There's three. Okay. I agree, this is my favorite, and it took me a really long time to get into Caracol, but eventually I did. So oh, yeah. it's worth it's worth circling back. Okay, the third I, will, I will circle back. Interesting. Is the third one as good? It's not as good, but there's there's some good songs to pick. I'd say that this is the most uh, EDM-y of my 2010 selections. Yeah. Um, and, uh, but it doesn't feel like something that came out in 2013 necessarily. It feels like something that could come out today and it would still be really well received. I don't know. I don't know what that says about maybe it's just my tastes or maybe it's about my perception of how of the music that I'm the, the EDM music that's coming out these days, but it still feels pretty modern to me. I would agree, but I had doubt cast into my mind. Probably, I guess I, maybe it was earlier this year. Um, I was listening to a lot of disclosure mm-hmm. and my sister who's younger, more Gen Z, she criticized disclosure and said, Oh, this she was like, this music aged well. And I was like, what's that supposed to mean? As if it is not cool anymore. I don't believe uh, that. I did go see Disclosure this year. It was awesome. It was so much fun. And they played a lot of these hit. Like, they opened with White Noise. White Noise. Which was insane. And, of course, they played, like, When a Fire Starts to Burn, and everyone went... Insane, yeah. yeah. It was one of one of the so best good. music videos I've seen in a long time. When a fire starts to burn, I think I've seen it. What is it? It's a guy dancing. <laughs> that's what I thought. Yeah, yeah. That's thought. Help me lose my mind. I would say is is uh, up there as well as is um, F for you. Yeah, latch. I like despite myself. Um, I think that's what made Sam Smith popular, but the like slow version, right? Yes, yes, you're right. He, he it's his first. Uh, it's a thing that brought him to prominence, and then uh, he kept going up to prominence until he uh, destroyed the James Bond theme songs, and then he <laughs> faded back into obscurity. Thank God. I, I don't think I like Sam Smith. I don't either. And I don't, it's not really anything personal. No, not personal. I just don't like, you know, how he sounds. Yeah. It's like cheesy ballads and stuff like that. Listen, he was the wrong choice for a James Bond theme song. Oh, yeah. And I can't believe they went with this. I can't believe they went with Sam Smith's writing on the walls for Spectre over Radiohead's Spectre. Which you can hear right now. <laughs> and, you know, it's still not a great James Bond theme song, but it's a better song than So Sam they Smith's recorded song. that as a, as a backup and they got 
No, um, yeah, they, they were uh, Radiohead submitted that as a as a choice for Spectre, and the producers I didn't even go really with do it. submissions. I I think it's sort of I don't really fully understand the process of writing a James Bond theme song, obviously, but uh, yeah, I think they asked They're, Radiohead to maybe like think of if they wanted to do a song. Radiohead was like, "Sure, here's a song," and they were like, "Ooh, thanks, but no thanks." I think the only reason, like Radiohead, could have come out with their best song ever. Mm-hmm. And they still would have gone for Sam Smith because they're trying to catch the young audience. Um, Don't you think? Fuck them. <laughs> all right, uh, next. Okay. By the way, I like this because I feel like all of these, well, most most of them, I'm not sure I would agree on Weezer, but most of these, <laughs> even if they're not on my list, I'm still really into you should check out Everything Will Be Alright in the End. It is the okay, best Weezer album you've heard in uh, in at least 10 years, if you're not listening <laughs> to like at least 30 years. <laughs> if you're not listening to their first two albums, it's definitely the best Weezer album. Okay. All right, next, uh, Kendrick Lamar to Pimp a Butterfly. So, okay. like a lot of these, uh, these artists had a lot of good albums this decade, um, it was a tough choice between the Pimple Butterfly and Good Kid, Mad City, mm-hmm. which is also phenomenal. Um, but to me, you know, Good Kid, Mad City kind of was his big breakthrough. And then the Pimple Butterfly was just like so... It was even a step beyond that, like so musically mature. The, and The apotheosis of Kendrick Lamar. The apotheosis. Um... I'm going to be careful and read the description here. Just speaking of the, the apotheosis here. Well, yeah, it's to pimp a butterfly. So let's, let's say this. Here's a description of title and packaging. The album was originally called To Pimp a Butterfly, T-U. A backronym for Tupac, hmm. which is interesting. I've never heard the term backronym, but let's forget it. <laughs> uh, oh, sorry, To Pimp a Caterpillar. So it was like a homage to Tupac, and then he replaced Caterpillar with Butterfly and called it to Pimp a Butterfly. Hmm. Um, I want to find a description of the album cover. And hold on. All right, I'll come back to it. Basic, it's uh, it's a bunch. Like I think it's supposed to be Ronald Reagan. Uh, or some president dead in front of the White House uh, with a bunch of African-American men hmm. with money, and they're all posing over him. Wow, I never looked at the album cover. Yeah. Um, all right, so yeah, like I said, musically, huge, crazy step forward. Like, a lot of interesting jazz and weird instrumentation so like thundercat is on this oh. so think of thundercat like that kind of style and guys who work with him yeah a lot of that is in this which is i think awesome really cool um of course can't go wrong with the album when you got stoop dog on some of it he's on institutionalized uh he does his usual thing which is great this also <laughs> Features George Clinton, second George Clinton feature uh, 
in this podcast episode. Listen, I will say George Clinton better feature in your 70s list. <laughs> I don't know, man. Wesley's theory is pretty good. Uh, this is an interesting album, too. It has... So both Good Kid, Mad City and Pimple Butterfly are kind of concept albums. Good Kid, Mad City is about growing up in Compton. And it's like the underlying theme is like one night or like a, a short period of time being like a teenager, like high school mm-hmm. kid in Compton and like getting in trouble and, you know, whatever. And just kind of going through that up and down of what that's like. Um, this is, okay, now he's famous, right? And it's like him kind of grappling with being rich and famous, but still, you know, coming from where he came from. So there's like this, uh, there's this, I don't know what it is, like a monologue that builds up with almost every song. And... It starts off short, and then a couple songs later he'll repeat it, but add a couple words, and then keep going, and then it completes. So it, I don't know if you listen to this, but it's a thing where he's like, "I remember you was conflicted. Choose your influence. Sometimes I feel the same." Blah blah. I think it's interesting, like that kind of like summarizes like yeah. his like the thought behind this whole album. I um. I say two things about this. One, I don't think I ever listened to Kendrick Lamar as much as I think that I, I think I would enjoy his music. So I think I'm going to give him another, another go. But number two, this is uh, the first U S number one album with pimp in its title. And prior to this, the previous highest charting album with a mention of pimp was pimp C's pimpilation, which started (laughs) at number three in 2006. Damn, that's pretty high. Yeah. Pimpolation. Just Pimp C? Let's see if that makes your list for the 2000s. There's still time. Uh, uh, all right, what do you got next? Then we come uh, to the uh, end. Yeah, hang on. Let's. Uh, I want to save this recording and start a new session because I think this session is about to end and I don't want to lose the recording. So I'm going to send you another okay. link right now. Cool. How do I, how do I do that? Okay, I'm going to leave this session and I'm going to send you a new link. click record all right um so next yes we are coming to the end next i have m83 
Hurry up, we're dreaming. I'm, Great album. I'm pretty sure this was 2010s. Yeah. Yes. 2011. 2011. Okay, all right. I actually had no idea this was M83's sixth album. They have done a lot. I didn't know that either. And it was the first time I ever heard of them. And looking at this, actually, I didn't realize that... I, I knew that they had done the soundtrack for um, for Oblivion after this, the Tom Cruise movie. And then after that, I knew that their 2016 album, Junk, I didn't know they had one in 2019. Me neither. I've only ever listened to Junk. Oh, really? Besides this. I think so. Wait, you've only listened, you haven't listened to Hurry Up or Dreaming? No, no, uh, sorry, in addition to this, I've only listened to Junk. Oh, yeah, yeah, I, I think me as well. Um, although, I would say the soundtrack for Oblivion is pretty solid. Um, it's not the type of thing you're going to listen to on its own, though. <laughs> so, Hurry Up or Dreaming is... How do you describe this? It's ethereal indie rock. Mm-hmm. Is that a, is that a fair thing to say? I don't even think it's rock, though. What would you say? It's like, uh, well, what did we say last time? Indietronica. <laughs> Indietronica. I could see that. I mean, I I, I could see. This, I have a hard time classifying It's rock adjacent. This. Yeah, I have a hard time classifying this album in particular. I'd say Junk is more indie rock, or Indietronica at yeah. least. But this album... No, you know what? This is electronic. This is electronic. This is Indietronica. Because yeah. Midnight City, when you think about it, it's like... Dun, 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 and that's all synths. Pew, 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 pew. <laughs> right? Yeah, so this is, this is electronic... Definitely. Yeah. But uh, I agree, much more on the rock spectrum than than on the EDM It was played spectrum. on by like rock people. Yes. So Midnight City is, is the uh is the classic song from this Big release. Hit. Um but I would say that a lot of the songs on this are are just as good, but didn't get mm-hmm. as much exposure. And there's one song on yeah. this that I believe you are a fan of as well, that is probably one of the, uh, you can listen to it and be transported back to your youth, and then also just like, what am I trying to say? You can be transported back to your youth with all the knowledge you had of today during that song, and just zone out during that song, and when the song ends, you're back to where you are, but... You're better. Oh, what song is that? Raconte moi in history. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, that song is amazing. I would say it's up there with uh, Giorgio by Moroder in top monologues. <laughs> yeah, I definitely, definitely right. agree. <laughs> the song title is French for Tell Me a Story, according Raconte to Genius.com. Une histoire. Now, I will just read a few of the lyrics from this because I think that, you know, they're interesting. I heard about this frog. It's a very tiny frog, but it's also very Wait, hold special. on, hold on. Can you say it in, like, the voice of a little girl? <laughs> I heard about this frog. It's a very tiny frog, but it's also very, very special. S- special. You can only find it in the jungle. Okay, that's enough of that. Great song. You that's should the listen intro. to it. Yeah. That's the intro. That's the intro. 
That's a great song. Um, Junk is a good album as well, but it doesn't uh, have the same longevity as Hurry Up We're yeah. Dreaming. That, that's a quintessential album, not just a quintessential <clears throat> M83 album. Junk is, uh, is a good M83 album, but it doesn't have any of the, the staying power of this album, I think. Yeah, I think this one is, even though it's, it is a really long album, yeah. like it is more cohesive as an album. Junk has some great songs you can just pull out and listen to any time. Yeah. Junk, but it doesn't hang together as well, I think. Yeah, I would say the Beck song on, uh, on Junk, which is Time Wind, and the uh, Laser Gun song is, yeah. are, are both really solid. But I don't, I don't know if the rest of them necessarily are. Uh, Laser Gun, yeah. I like Laser Gun. I like Go, also. Yeah, something about Go didn't uh, didn't catch me when it first didn't came out. You. I'll 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 give it another shot. I will admit, I also kind of like Saturday Night, nineteen eighty seven, which is just like smooth. It's like yacht rock slash like smooth jazz. What is yacht rock? <laughs> what is yacht rock? Yeah, it's like um, it's like the Teal album. Hmm. Like Africa and, uh, like that kind of music, kind of like easy, not easy listening, but you know, kind of like cheesy late seventies, early eighties music, like Tall and Oats, where you'd like have a shirt that's like really heavily unbuttoned, you'd listen to it on a yacht, and you'd be wearing like cool 80s sunglasses and feathered hair you know i uh that made me regret that i chose everything will be all right instead of the teal album because the teal album came out in 2019 here let me explain yacht rock on wikipedia please do yacht rock originally known as west coast sound or adult oriented rock is a broad music style and aesthetic commonly associated with soft rock uh, one of the most commercially successful genres from the mid-70s to mid-80s. Drawing on sources such as smooth soul, smooth jazz, R&B, and disco, common stylistic traits include high-quality production, clean vocals, yada yada. Here's some examples. Does the article actually say um, yada yada? <laughs> no. That would be really cool. Yada yada. Uh, okay, list of yacht rock artists. So, America... Uh, Chicago, uh, uh, Foreigner, Hall and Oates. Are there are, are there any that are past the seventies? Kenny 90s? Loggins and Messina. Kenny Loggins. That's that's a good one. Are, are there Michael any McDonald? The, are there any from the two thousand tens? No, no way. Hmm. Yeah, not that's a lot of dumb. yachts being purchased these days. Except by Russian oligarchs. That's true. I think it's big in Russia. It was before George all Michael the, before all favorite. the yachts got seized. I do love George Michael. Yeah. <laughs> George Michael is big in yacht rock. Uh, George Michael or Wham? George Michael, not Wham. Not Wham. Okay, okay. Good <laughs> Alright, who do you got next? We're coming we're we're in the, right. the finish line. Alright, my last one, again, this is chronological order. Uh I was actually surprised 
that other people liked it as much, but um, Art Angels by Grimes. Oh. Came out in... Oh, wait, 2015. I thought this was later. So I don't have anything from after 2015, I'm pretty sure. Really? Nuts. Yeah. That was the end of my music. (laughs) Uh, No, no, no. That was the end of my modern music exploration. Then I went backwards in time. Uh, I think this is a fantastic pop album. It is very unusual for pop. But it is, if you try to classify it, it's pop. It's pop music. And it's weird shit, but uh, it's really good. I mean, Grimes is a weird person. Yeah. I think this was pre-having Elon's baby. Did she have one or two kids with Elon? Might have been two. At least one, yeah. Maybe maybe it was two. Um, okay. Fantastic album. Easiest song to... If you don't know it, start with California. Uh, then listen to Kill V Mame. And you're gonna... It's like weird screaming and stuff. Uh, but really good. This... Kill V Mame and a lot of these, it feels like it was influenced by like anime. <laughs> like, I don't know why, but it feels like an anime influenced album. You know, I feel so Grimes, I I like Art Angels. I, I don't think I like it as much as you. I think if I had to pick an album of hers, I would probably pick the one before. Um but not because it's Visions? Yeah, not because it's good as a cohesive, just because I have the one with like Oblivion. It has Oblivion and Genesis. and Genesis, and I think those are two of her big songs. Yes. Flesh Without Blood also is. Oh, do you have to go? No, no, no. Someone was just calling me. Uh, I, was... um, we're, I think we're close to the end, either way. But, uh, so you like that album better? No, I, I don't think I've ever listened to one of her albums all the way through. But I have heard uh, Flesh Without Blood and Kill Be Mame and Oblivion and Genesis. And I think after that, I don't think I listened to anything new by Grimes, but she also didn't come out with anything until 2020 after Art Angels. And at that point, I think the Grimes as an indie rock darling ship had sailed, or whatever she is, pop darling, and then it was Grimes as the weird um, partner of Elon Musk that was sort of more uh, taking over the Grimes narrative. And now, I think she's super weird. And maybe she was always super weird, and probably she was, because she uh, had two kids with Elon Musk, and... You got, I think you got to be weird to do that, but she also did. Well, a lot of people are weird then. Yeah. Oh, she yeah. has a lot of kids with a lot of people. That's true. Um, but didn't she also have plastic surgery to make her ears into elf ears, or am I imagining I, that? Did she have plastic surgery? I thought that's what I had heard, but I, I really haven't looked Ugh. too much into this. Grime ears. Yeah, she's. She is weird. Uh, she wants elf ears. In, Sorry, she hasn't gotten surgery necessarily but she She frequently wears like prosthetics to do that and makes herself weird look weird for music videos and stuff like an elf or like some weird creature uh in my opinion though like if if she's still making good music i don't care but i I just thought this like this the next one misanthropocene wasn't as good and in fact, this is the only 
album of Grimes that I've actually listened to and like like all the way through. I I think that I could definitely give this one another go because there again the two songs that I've heard on it I do really like, but I think just her being Grimes made me be like okay I don't really need to get super into this. Yeah, but I I will if if you're saying. It's good that it's one of the best really albums good. of the 2010s. Then I should definitely give it a shot. I think it is. All right. I think uh, just listen to it. Pretend you don't. Yeah. No. I can not her. I can separate grimes. the artist from the art. She because her whole weird yeah. shit is being a weird artist. Yeah, and like, it, she hasn't done just, anything egregious. She's just a weird person. No, she's just a weirdo. I would just say, anime big influence. Also, it feels like 90s electronic music mm-hmm. is like a influence like specifically you know the song by alice dj better off alone uh yeah feels like a big influence on this which i okay I that's actually that that's a good uh <laughs> that's a good way to get me to listen to it i think actually listen to alice dj and then listen to the song reality oh. very similar we should do a grimes album at some point after i get super into grimes <laughs> yeah all right, so that's it for me. What else? So my your last one. My last one. I actually changed this a couple of times as we were recording these episodes. <laughs> I at the start of it, it was Jamie XX's uh, album In Color, uh, which is a really good uh, album. It's a it's a electronic album. It's uh, one of the guys from the XX branched off. Yeah, he does really good solo stuff. Still, he came out with something re- really recently that I think is worth a listen. Okay. Um, and on the whole, it's one of the the best, uh, the most cohesive uh, electronic pieces that I've heard. That the album, the in color. But when I was thinking about it again, I realized probably I wouldn't. I, I just like that album, but I don't know if I would make a blanket statement that I think this is one of the best albums that came out in the from January twenty ten to December twenty nineteen. I think it's a really good album, but. The one that I did choose, after realizing I probably shouldn't put Modern Vampires in the City because you're already going to talk about it, is Arcade Fire's album in from August 2010, The Suburbs. So this is going back yeah, this, to 2010. That was a good pick for this. It's, I uh... yeah, it's Arcade Fire is very hit or miss these days. But this album was fantastic from beginning to end. Yeah. It's their best album, for sure. Yeah. I I think. I, I agree that it's their best album. Um, before this, they had Neon Bible and Funeral and Arcade Fire. And then after this, they had Reflector in 2013, which was trying really hard. So was Everything Now. Um, mm-hmm. And... Something about the suburbs is really sad. It's it's a I think it's about growing up maybe. But I also heard it a lot like in the summer between uh, ending high school and going to college. So maybe that's just what I um, like associate with it. But I think right. something about it is is about moving on from youth a little bit. Definitely. Because but it's also kind of looking back at yeah being a 
young kid too, right? Yeah. But the suburbs, the song itself, the suburbs, is uh, is possibly the best Arcade Fire song. I'm trying to think if there's something mm. that I like more than it. There's some good stuff on Funeral. There is some good stuff on Funeral. What uh, what would you say beats the the song itself, Suburbs? Uh, maybe Neighborhood Number Three, Power Out. I, I'm actually looking back. I'm like, Funeral might be my favorite Arcade Fire album, but that's 2000s. That's true. Rebellion is a good song. You're you're right. Oh, and wake, okay, Wake Up is my favorite Arcade Fire <laughs> song. Shit. Okay. Well, the Suburbs this is, is my favorite great. song of Arcade Fire that came out in the 2010s. Yeah. Um, what do you think of uh, of the current... Isn't there some situation going on with Arcade Fire with the lead singer and uh, Beck dropped off of his tour and so, oh. so somebody else? I didn't know. Yeah, it's, um, it's some sexual allegation. I see this. Wynn Butler was accused of sexual misconduct. And also, Will Butler left the band, um, but he left it before all this, and he does his own solo stuff, and he's he's okay. Um, but Wynn Butler is apparently a notorious... What's the word? Womanizer. So I don't think it's anything like out of the norm for a rock band, necessarily, but I think that people right. are finding this one maybe a little uh, shocking because his wife is in the band, his brother was in the band. They had, like, a vibe of you're, like, sort of a family rock band. And, right. And I think that's probably the problem. Yeah, I think that's more of the problem rather than, like, he necessarily did anything that was... Uh, um, immoral. Yeah, like, I don't think he raped well, anyone or anything. I think it's immoral, no. but I don't think that it's illegal. illegal. Yeah. So... Yeah. And maybe his wife was okay with it. Who knows? I don't, know. I don't know. I think I think he had issues with alcohol, and his wife wasn't okay with it. But like, I don't know. They're still together, and they're still in the band together, and they're still on a tour right now. But yeah, all their head, all their openers are are dropping out. Isn't Win Butler really tall? Isn't he like six five or something? Yeah, uh, he is really tall, and I think he did some. Yeah, I think he plays recreational basketball, and he's, like, super into it. Yeah. He's a frequent participant in the NBA All-Star Celebrity Game. That's the one. And he won MVP in 2016. Oh, Feist also dropped out of opening because of these allegations. Hey. So now, That's a big loss, man. She had that one iPod. One, two, three, four. I would, I would say Beck is a big loss. I can't believe yeah. Beck was even opening for them in the first place. Like, Beck is big enough to headline. Well, they're friends, right? I mean, they seem like they collaborate on stuff, right? Did they? I don't know. I just made that up. Um, let me see. In August, multiple women came forward in a pitchfork report that detailed Butler's alleged sexual misconduct, the accusations of which ran from sexual assault to unsolicited sexing. Oh, I didn't know. Okay, so sexual assault. I guess uh, I didn't know about those. No bueno. No bueno. Hot take from... From us, we don't condone sexual assault. Okay, so while all that's still in the air, separate from that, 
the 2010. But this album. happened before all that. Separate from as that, the 2010 album, The Suburbs, is a really, really good album. Yeah. Um, and I would say it's one of the best well, in the 2010s. I would say this if any of these stories are corroborated, is Arcade Fire going the way of R. Kelly for you? That's a tough question. And I don't have the answer to that. Dug yourself, you dug yourself a hole. I'm, I'm not saying like I'm <laughs> hyper moral or something. I'm just saying that like in particular with R. Kelly, I feel kind of weird when I like when an R. Kelly song comes on my Spotify. You know. Yeah. Yeah, I get that. Less so, less so for Ariel Pink or MIA or Azealia Banks. They're just like I don't like they're them just... necessarily. They're just kind of jerks. Yeah. But R. Kelly. Not, I don't know. Pretty bad. Pretty bad. Um, yeah, this. Going back to the suburbs, I mean, this was for me. This was like hard. I mean, this was also. I had like a long list, and I just had to like cut a bunch. Oh, and yeah. I accidentally deleted all those ones, which I wish I had saved. But uh, this is definitely on there. Oh, I have my. Of, I have my. My 2010s uh, list right here. Let me give you some have, some hits that uh, that didn't make it. Yep. Tame Impala Inner Speaker. Yep. Um, which I didn't actually know that was 2010s. I th- probably is 2010. Congratulations, which I actually I didn't realize that I had written <laughs> down here was in the 2010s. Oops. Um, oh, Justice Audio Video Disco. Oh. Here's one that I think, if you had known this was in the 2010s, I think you would have probably bumped uh, Random Access Memories for this one. This is Rebecca Black's Friday. Oh, God. Um, Lonely, it wasn't on a roll action. <laughs> Lonely Island, Turtleneck and Chain. I, I would have picked this if they had more than uh, a couple songs on this that I really liked. They have the Michael Bolton song, and, um, <laughs> and I think I just had sex with Akon. Animal Collective, Centipede Damn. Hurts. Not the best Animal Collective album, so I couldn't uh, pick it in comparison to but, the others on this list, but a good album. Pretty good. Yeah. And then, oh, David Bowie, The Next Day. Not the best David Bowie album. But really good. But really good. And also, when he died. Yeah. And he knew he was dying. He released it after his death, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah. Like a couple months. What a bold statement. Releasing an album from the grave. I know. Um, and I have, it's like you can't not give him a Grammy, right? I have you died I have, for this. <laughs> I have listed on here also, um, not an album. Angry about concept of ten ruling our lives. I think I was. Ooh. I think I was feeling that w- it's really hard to limit this to ten. I mean, this is like a two and a half hour podcast almost. Yeah. So imagine if we had doubled it. Oh, let me. Um, that reminds me, actually. Should I split this episode into two parts? Before the pee break and after the pee break? Or something. like uh, It's pretty easy to split into chunks because of the way we structured it. Yeah. But, I mean, I don't think you need to, but... Okay, then I won't. I'll just, I'll just release it in yeah. a big chunk. Um, well, so that's the end of our 2010s list. So I will ask you... Which two albums okay. would you combine to make the ultimate 2010s vibe album? One from each of ours? Um, you can. You don't have to. I would pick 
from yours. I'd pick uh, random access memories from Daft Punk. <laughs> and from mine, I'd also pick <laughs> random access God memories. <laughs> That's the perfect answer. Um, I what would, about you? I would take... Okay, I'm going to do Kanye West, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy from yours. Hmm. And LCD Sound System, This Is Happening. Mm. Both, both the difficult, <laughs> difficult artist. Yeah. Very different vibes, but could you imagine if somehow they collaborated and That would be so beautiful. cool. But take them both back. Back then, yeah, you have to get a time machine. <laughs> Yeah, not now. It would suck. Um, well, that's the that's the end of our our episode. Do you have any unrelated recommendations for the week? Oh, serious recommendations of somewhat importance. Still workshopping the title of the segment. Recommendations. Okay. My recommendations. Um, I'm just thinking of like stuff that I've done recently. <laughs> I guess. Um, I would say I'm starting to get back. I'm just starting. But it's fall, so British 90-minute mystery TV shows. Always a fun fall activity. Which you one? Know, like the masterpiece uh, so the one I've watched most, and it's not a lot, but Endeavor, which is uh, it's okay. I don't think um, I that one. Would you describe it? My as parents a really liked it. Yes. Uh, yeah. Well, I don't know. There's murder, definitely. Yeah. But it feels cozy. cozy. Mysteries can have murder. Okay. Uh, it's good. I mean, it takes place in the '60s in Oxford, which is. It's just a cool setting to be like, oh, it's like Oxford. Uh, you get the British accents and all that stuff. So it just made me appreciate those British mystery TV shows again. Because I watched them a lot for a while and just haven't done it for a while. So my recommendation is fall. Watch some cozy British dramas, TV mysteries. Get them on PBS. It's easy. I'll give it a shot, actually. we Cozy mysteries are one of our preferred genres we've been working our way through poirot for the last many years oh dude love poirot great show but uh, i'm gonna recommend something of a different vibe so there's a uh, it's technically set in the mcu but it doesn't really feel like it they it's a new format for them so it's not a tv show not a movie it's a special that was released on disney plus with um directed by michael giacchino and it's called Werewolf by Night. It's hmm. it's sort of a, it's like a fifty minute Halloween type vibe, uh, Halloween special, I guess you could call it, starring Gael Garcia Bernal. Ooh. And it's about like a monster hunter, and it really doesn't feel like it's set in the MCU. It really, um, I, I don't think that it really has any larger connections. But it's te- it's just technically based on a Marvel comic. Um, I doubt I doubt these characters are going to pop up in anything else because it's such its own uh, such yeah. a unique um, atmosphere. 
but it's it's set in black. It's black and white. It's uh, very. It, it reminds you of like a, a classic monster movie, but as, if it was made right now, definitely worth checking out. Really enjoyable. Like classic, as in, like Frankenstein, or like where um, American Werewolf in London. Um, I think I think well, I haven't seen American Werewolf in London, but I, I in my head I was thinking more like the early. 30s like those types of monster movies yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but it's it's modern. i guess it's in black and white it's right? in, yeah it's in black and white it's obviously modern and have like good production values and like a, a good story cool. so it's worth checking out i thought you didn't like uh scary movies it's not scary okay just monsters yeah also you know I, I can handle some scary now i'm an adult <laughs> i just remember you were so scared of the exorcist did i, did I watch the exorcist I think you're like, I gotta go. I can't watch this. That does, I gotta sound, get out that does sound like me. I think I repressed that whole experience. I don't like scary movies either. I can tolerate stay scary with movies me. now. Okay. But this is not scary. We're checking out. Alright. This is a good rock. Alright. Well, thank you for listening, and uh, tune in next time. Yeah, next time will also be a marathon one, I think. And then it will start to probably be shorter yeah so this is something i'm not sure how much you'll appreciate it or not but uh some like with my phone does this ever happen to you do you use apple music or regular I i use spotify spotify you too but do you ever like sometimes just press play and then the default goes to play something on Apple Music? No, if you uninstall Apple Music from your phone, it doesn't do that anymore. I need to do that because for the last year, that's happened to me. And the one song that always plays is Steady As She Goes, <laughs> which I probably bought like 15 years. I mean, maybe more. It's just like the things I've bought. Like, I haven't bought a song in a long time, but... Do you remember I'll when? It. Do you remember when they added U2's "Songs of Innocence" to uh, to everyone's yes. iPhones many years ago? Yeah. yeah. For for a while, that was the only music stored locally on my phone. So when I plugged it into my car, it would just start playing "Songs every of time. Innocence" oh, every God. time. That was the plan. I Otherwise, guess that was no one the plan. was going to listen to it, and I think it didn't work out, and no one listened to it. Yeah.